0: From Lenyon Bowdler Solicitors, this is The Legal Lounge. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello and welcome to season two of The Legal Lounge, where we've got some great content planned for you. If you haven't heard the shows in the first season yet, they're definitely worth checking out. You'll get an insight into many aspects of law in England and Wales, including divorce, mental capacity and claims for different kinds of injury. You can listen to these shows on your podcast app or by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. In this episode, lawyers Emma Deering and Jennifer Edwards discuss succession planning for businesses, including the importance of wills, partnership agreements and lasting powers of attorney.
1: Hi, I'm Emma and I specialise in wills, lasting powers of attorney and estate administration. And I'm here with my colleague, Jennifer Edwards, who works in our corporate team. Today, we're going to be discussing business succession planning from both aspects. Jenny, in terms of business succession in partnerships, is it necessary to have a written partnership agreement?
2: I work with a lot of partnerships and Um, A lot of people don't realise that you don't need a written partnership agreement for a partnership to exist. So if two or more people are working together within a business a partnership will automatically arise and that means there's lots and lots of businesses out there working as partnerships that don't necessarily realise or that don't have a written agreement in place governing it and to some extent that's fine you can run your business however when it comes to succession planning it is really important to have a written partnership agreement in place. What a lot of people don't realise is that a partnership will automatically dissolve if any partner passes away so that can cause an awful lot of problems for the business things like accounts being frozen uh, whilst the bank deals with the fact that the partnership has been frozen and you reconstitute the partnership Um, and also around what happens to those assets so I'll pass over to Emma who'll have a chat about what she would look at with a will with the assets and then I'll have a chat about what you need to think about within your partnership agreement.
1: Yeah so in terms of drafting wills for people that are in business, we would look to undertake a fact find and ascertain what assets do they have in their Personal capacity, what assets do they have in the business capacity owned by the business? And perhaps what assets do they have in their personal capacity that are used by the business? And the reason for doing that is we need to know what do they want to happen to those assets when they pass away? Sometimes it's not as straightforward as they may perceive, as they may wish to gift assets to perhaps their spouse, children, etc, that are actually owned by the partnership. And that's where a written partnership agreement always comes in handy, and Jenny will explain why.
2: Yeah, so a partnership agreement would look to specify exactly which assets are owned by the partnership. So, for example, if there's land, that land that the partnership uses, often, for example, farming, would need to be designated whether it is owned by the partnership or the individuals. And if it's a partnership asset, then the partnership agreement should address what happens to that asset on the death of any of the owning partners. And it's really important that your will and partnership agreement are drafted to together and uh, in alignment, because if your partnership agreement differs from the will, the content of the partnership agreement will override what is in the will. So if you have partnership assets that you want to leave in a particular way, it needs to be recorded within the partnership agreement and not just in your will.
1: And that's why me and Jenny work quite closely together, because we like to take a holistic approach to these. So When I'm drafting wills for business clients in partnership, I would always obtain a copy of the partnership agreement so that I can be sure that any provisions I'm putting in there for the gifting of assets aren't matching up with that partnership agreement. Sometimes that may mean that the partnership agreement needs to be tweaked to allow for the gifts in the will or vice versa. The
2: other thing that we often include within a partnership agreement is what you want to happen if you don't have capacity to make decisions anymore or if you are temporarily incapacitated and need somebody to step in and manage things on your behalf. Emma would would also be involved in that from from a private client perspective.
1: And the reason I'd be involved in that is that in order for somebody to act on your behalf, if you lose capacity, you would have to prepare what's called a lasting power of attorney, in short, LPA. Now, in relation to LPAs, there are two main types. There is a property and financial affairs lasting power of attorney, and that deals with Anything of a financial aspect as it suggests. So selling property, buying property, moving investments, withdrawing money from your bank account, paying bills on your behalf, anything kind of a financial nature that you could do yourself, it would allow your attorney to do for you. The other document is a health and welfare lasting power of attorney, and this deals with more sensitive issues such as your diet, dress, so you know what you would eat, where you would live and what medical treatment you would receive to include medical treatment of a life sustaining nature other than the obvious difference between the two the other difference is that a property and financial affairs LPA can be used both before and after capacity is lost whereas a health and welfare one can only be used when you do not have the capacity to make those decisions yourself. Now, in relation to the property and financial affairs lasting power of attorney, you can make these in your personal capacity, but you can also make a business LPA. So some clients prefer to keep both business and personal separate, and so they would prepare a LPA in respect of their personal finances, perhaps appointing their spouse and children, for example, and they would prepare a business LPA in which they would have to be more selective as to who they would appoint as their attorney because you have to take into account whether that person has the requisite skill set to be able to step in to their shoes and make decisions about the running of the business. With regards to the lasting powers of attorney, you are providing your attorneys with the authority to make decisions on your behalf at a time in the future when you don't have the capacity to make those decisions and so it's imperative that you trust those people absolutely and specifically in relation to a business you you have to be very careful who those people are that you are appointing now there are restrictions that you can place in a lasting power of attorney or guidance that you can give to your attorneys to restrict their authority to act on your behalf. But anything included of that nature, you would need to seek specialist advice on because you don't want to put anything in there that is conflicting with the powers themselves that may create any issues at a later date. So that's why it's incredibly important that you set up a business power of attorney if you are a business owner but that you seek specialist advice from people such as myself and Jenny so that we can ensure that the document is prepared correctly and in accordance with any partnership or shareholders agreement that you may have in place.
2: Yes yeah, so with regard to the partnership agreement as we as, as I said earlier around making sure that your will and partnership agreement work together it's also important that if you have or envisage that you may might put a power of attorney in place, that the partnership agreement also allows for that. So we would usually include clauses that allow you to appoint an attorney, and that partnership agreement can set out the parameters of what that attorney can do. So for example, you might just appoint a power of attorney to act in practical matters, signing checks, authorising bank payments, for example, or you may wish to appoint someone that's going to step in and actually take your place in making business decisions for So it depends on what you want. And again, what's in that power of attorney should be reflected in the partnership agreement so that the other partners also know that someone may step in and be acting as your attorney in the event that you lose capacity or you can't act for some reason. So in summary, uh, what Emma and I really want to convey is that it's really important that if you're running a business uh, as a partnership, that you think about what you want to happen in the future when you pass away um, if you lose capacity or if there is a period of time that you can't act for some reason and that you make sure you have the necessary documents in place and that those documents all work together so that you have a will and a power of attorney and that those documents are drafted in alignment and work alongside a written partnership agreement to make sure that that should you need it those documents are there and they all work for you to make sure what you want to happen does happen.
0: Thanks to Emma and Jenny for lending their expertise, more proof that lawyers don't bite. If you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialists for an upcoming episode, please let me know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you found the conversations helpful, please remember to follow, review and share the episodes. Speak to you soon.
2: That was The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors.
0: Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources and please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean which is a really easy way to create your own podcast and that's why we use Podbean to host The Legal Lounge. You can download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. You can download the free Podbean app today. Head over and check it out at podbean.com and use the code podcast21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free.